The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey guys, welcome to Dating Intelligence, the podcast where we give relationship advice from dating to marriage and everything else in between. And always with the goal of helping you to continuously be the best you at all times. So if you're looking for real, (laughs) (laughs) honest information to help you navigate your relationships, we've got you covered. We've got you covered. Hello, hello guys out there. Another episode, another day. You know, I feel (laughs) like that um, we should probably just start getting the intros. I've always felt this way. Maybe the intros should just be just... You pre-recorded. Know, pre-recorded, but it takes it doesn't it doesn't match this. No. This is so much more fun. Because <laughs> you it. stare at me and I make fun of make me. You laugh. I just want to make you crack up all the time. I'm like waiting for, it and I try to diversify that whole thing and just make it different. Yeah. You know, make it a little more variety. But you always get it every time. I mean, I almost lost it. I know. I almost just stared at you like. <laughs> What do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're at the Sticky Paw Studios in Las Vegas, and welcome to another show. Um, Jamie, what have you been up to, if I may ask? Oh, my gosh. Um, I've actually been home okay. for a few days, so that's been nice. Um, taking a little time off. I finally finished uh, my knife in great. Asheville. So here it is from start to finish. It's so Mike great. Check. Yes. Will they make it's replicas the of that, by the way? Um. So this one is already made. It's actually a collaboration piece between uh, Microtech and um, Bastinelli okay. um, knives. So this was their collaboration piece, and this is the one that I chose to build from like start to finish. So I got to grind the blade, polish it, um, the hardware, everything. Man, how many hours do you think that took about, um, by the way? Gosh, this took me a couple months. Okay. In theory, put hours into that, though. What do you think? Like maybe... Uh... I don't know, 300 hours? For like 200? That's a lot. I just, I just, yeah. It took me a long time. Um, Very detailed, like down to like the screws. They were all um, done on, like we grinded them in a machine. Like I fired this here to give it like the color. So definitely learned a lot. Um, as far as like a blade for us, Mm -hmm. um, maybe next year, but not this year. You mean for us? Um, I could do a yeah. blade for us. A dating intelligence blade. Yeah. I mean, this I'll cut is, you, girl. That's what it's put on the side of it. Definitely not California compliant. Wow. I, I believe this mm-hmm. would probably, this is a felony okay. in your state. So. All right. Yeah. I'm not bringing that back over state lines. Trust me. But Me yeah. especially. So. What about you? What's new um, with you? you know, it's, Look it's, at it's, this big watch. I know. It's, I always, this is my favorite watch. I wear this all the time here. I was almost thinking about wearing my big fat red watch today, but mm. I opted out on that one. So. Mm-hmm. That I figured I'd wear a red shirt instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, I mean, me, I'm just like just trudging along. It's summertime. Um, you know, tennis is starting to get a little crazy, and um, there's a lot of traveling. Um, the podcast is doing great. We need to try to set up what I. But I'm saying it's on air right now. New, do another um, pool party here. I think we need oh, to set one of those up. Yeah. You know, so it's it's going to be better than even last year because there's going to be more people out since COVID's kind of 
hopefully slowing down a little bit. And um, I think it's time. Okay. Check in one of the other hotels. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. We have okay. a, we have a few that have reached out to us that Good. would love to have us. So um, yeah, we can definitely talk about that. And all right, take the show on the road. Fun. Yeah, we got the show on the road coming up a lot too. So all right, um, we're gonna bring our guest in because she's just sitting there looking all right, poised and ready <laughs> she's to probably talk. Confused, like, she's chomping at the bit over there. Like, it's like a, it's like a racehorse trying to get out of the gate. She's like, I'm ready, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. Okay, so our guest today is a family medical doctor who not only knows a thing or two about the curing the common cold, but also knows how to just take care of people. With her growing social media presence that not only captures her stunning beauty and positive outlook on life, but she also wants to help make sure that you're focusing on your own remedy of positive energy, self-care, and clean beauty. All I can say about this incredible woman is that she can take my temperature anytime. Please welcome the gorgeous Dr. Medina Culver to the show. Thank you guys so much. Hi. I'm blushing now. That was such a good intro. I've never had such a good intro. That was great. I try to do my best. Thank you very much. (laughs) I'm going to need to steal that so I can just give that to people. I'll slide this over to you and the show's over. You can have it. Perfect. So when they ask you for like, do you have an interview on like, yes, this is the one here. (laughs) Please read it word for word. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll say it one more time, people. She can take my temperature anytime. Oh my gosh. What? What? I'm just saying she can, you know? Oh my gosh. Why do you think I have all the guests next to me all the time? I told this in the previous episode. Said I love all the guests facing me this way. Yeah. No. Oh, did she come over here to this side? No. Well, I mean, there was an option. I they said, did no, ask no, no. Me. And what did me. I say? What did they say? I said, I don't care. I, whichever you want. Actually, oh, I kind of. No, and he was like, I kind of Jamie wants you to sit across. <laughs> I kind of. Well, I, well, <laughs> I mean, typically, if they're if they're by me, it's weird because they've always been over here. So we had a guest one time sit on this side, yeah. and the whole time I was like, it, it was so <laughs> awkward for me. So I'm like, can can we put him over there? And yeah. they were like, oh. what, you don't want to be by me? And I'm like, I just, I think I'm used to this. Exactly. But yeah. you, you're used to this. Because your chair is set up differently yeah. too. Yeah, awesome. exactly. Yeah. So I it feel is. like you're across from me, so as soon as someone's yeah. over here, I don't, it, it feels weird. Well, and either way, I, I just like having them over the, here. I was going to uh, say, right? I was going to well, say. She, you know what she likes <laughs> like to do? Like, I was in a skirt, and I'm <gasps> like, I don't want to be, like, sitting this way, so. But, but she always gets up and shows her boots <laughs> or her clothes, so it's perfect because it's an easy access, and the camera's right there yeah, for you to see anyway. So. Not, you can't have anyone in your way. Right. No, exactly. Yeah, right. right. But check out these shoes today, you guys. See, those, see this good. is what happens, and I can't do this from my end. Those are great. You guys both have a great shoe game. Oh, you thank you. Thank yeah, you very much. You. I, I saw your Nikes over there. Don't be shy. <laughs> They're not nearly. What are, are those golden I, I, boots? I, I would, I would are? pick my foot up, but I might kick you in the face. <laughs> that is long these are, these are folding gooses, oh. so they have the little. Oh, wait, look. They have the little symbol Ooh. on them. There you go. No, those are good. There you go. Thanks. Thanks, Chase. Yeah. Oh, right over there. <laughs> all right. This so. is going to be a fun show today already. So, all right, Medina, let's start. Jump. We're going to jump right in this. So you're a family oh, practitioner. I am, yes. How many years practicing now, if we may ask? Um, I have been practicing for seven years now. That's great. And yeah. you have your own practice. Is this right? Or I, are you with? I'm actually with somebody. So a really cool thing that um, they did here in Vegas is the, the union. So things like firefighters, plumbers and pipe fitters, electricians, they basically took concierge medicine and created it for the union. Oh, that's great. So I am the doctor for the plumbers and pipe fitters union here. So the local 525 union, which is great. Um, the awesome part is that the plumbers and pipe fitters, their family, their kids can all see me for free. Nice. But the really cool part for me is that I see a patient an hour. So if you're any, familiar with anything medicine, your girlfriend is in medicine, mm-hmm. right? That's correct. Family medicine is so brutal. They try and make you see like a patient every 15 minutes, a wow. patient every 20 minutes, and it's just not safe. It's just, I mean, nobody could do it, right? And nobody, nobody could do it well. We'll okay. just say that. And so I was really 
really, really lucky with this job. It's been a blessing. It's so good. And they, yeah, my schedule's fantastic. I don't even want to tell anybody about this job <laughs> because I don't want anyone to take it from me. But it's so good. It's, yeah, so it's so good. That's but, amazing. Yeah. yeah, sounds like a good job. Mm. And you get breaks in between, I guess. If there's like a 10 minute uh, little like I, a kid, you're like, done, get out of my way. It's so great. And you know what, honestly, I mean, I negotiated my schedule. So my schedule is very different than most family docs. So with all things growing on social media, and I really just wanted to kind of expand. I was, I've never just wanted to be like stuck in a tunnel, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to just do one thing. I want to do all the things. And so I negotiated my salary. So I only work two full days a week at the clinic. So Monday, Wednesday, I work full days. And then Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm off at 1130, which is why I'm able to come here and do right. these fun things, right. um, which is, yeah. And they were, they were, I mean, there was a little I bit of hemming and hawing at first. <laughs> they were not super okay with it, but I said, you know what, this is what I'm going to bring to the table. I know I'm a good doctor. And if you want me, this is my schedule. That's amazing. So it worked. It worked really, really good. So what yeah. do you do with your spare time then? What do you like to do then? I mean, if you have, I feel I like mean, I don't have spare time. Okay, I need, I know to, I need to go find some around. spare time. Yeah. That sounds great. Um, no, I think the biggest thing. So, um, I have been a beauty counter consultant for five years, so I do that. So I help people just with clean skincare and just kind of creating recommendations from my physician background and then working with beauty counter for the last five years. Um, I do various like brand deals. I'm trying to build this social media. I, we were talking, I'm trying to do TikTok, <laughs> but I keep forgetting. Um, and then I'm trying to work out and I just recently started lifting weights because I was so, so intimidated by everyone that lifted weights. And I was like, screw it. I am not going to be intimidated ever again and right. not let anything scare me. So. I actually um, have a trainer over here at like one of the gyms, Fit Club LV, and that's where like all these amazing bodybuilders train. I was okay. like, okay, if I can do it here and not feel intimidated, I can do this anywhere. So yeah, it's just it's is that been the big fun. is that the big oh, fitness club? What's the big fitness one I saw that one time? Lifetime. That's not the one, There's, right? No, it's okay. like super small. Oh, got it. It's only mm -hmm. for like but all these people, like, like NPC. Yeah. They're all oh. like they're like legit yeah. bodybuilders. It's like okay. yeah, Jake like Jay Cutler and like that yeah. whole. Oh, that's awesome. So I walk in there, and they're like, "Who's this skinny girl?" Like, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I started at the five pounds. We're working our way up. It's good, but it's just it's fun. So, okay. Yeah. All right. You love it. I do. I do. I love exercise. Like working out for me is therapy. Nice. Hundred percent. So, nice. so with the family practice that you're doing, do yeah. you get paid? If you don't mind me asking, do they pay salary or do you get paid per patient? So I get paid salary. Yeah. Okay. So nothing is. There's RVU based, which is like your production. So a lot of companies, bigger companies like Kaiser. I don't even actually. I don't even know if they're RVU based. I shouldn't tell lies. But um, they. A lot of places are. You're paid off your performance. Mm -hmm. The more people you see, the more you get paid. paid. But the problem is, is that the more people you see. You're not thorough, right? Yeah. I mean, how many times has the doctor been late into the it's office? Like in and out. Exactly. And you're like, uh, I didn't even get to talk to you. So I we walk in there, we're laughing, we're joking. Like I try and create at the center of everything, like wellness and health, it begins with your attitude, mm -hmm. right? It begins with your mindset. And so the first person that has to set that precedent is the doctor. How many times has a doctor walked in and they've been so angry or so upset or so stressed or late or whatever's going on? And you're like, Well, I don't really want to tell this guy or girl anything or how am I going to be healthy if they're not, you know? <laughs> That's true. And so yeah. I always just try and create such a good energy when I walk in, no, no matter what's going on, because at the end of the day, I can control how I present myself. And so for me, I, we sit there for 30, 45 minutes. I learn about family, everything, and then kind of dive into why they're there. So it's just fun. It's good and it's fun. And I feel like it's how medicine should be. Good. So more unions should do this for their. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. How did you choose family to become a family practitioner overall? Um, it was the least amount of years. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, I went into family medicine because I was like, man, I love doing everything. So mm -hmm. the cool part is I do some aesthetics on the side as well too. You can do that in family medicine. You can have another life. You can be home for dinner. You're not on call. You're not. 
you're not making half a million dollars, no, but you're, you have a life and you're happy. Right. And so for me, that was like the biggest thing is I said, medicine is not my whole life. It's part of my life, but it's not my whole life. Did I have any idea what was going to happen with social media or with all these other things? No, I had no, absolutely no clue. But um, I said, I just want to have a life because I want to be normal. Okay. You know? So yeah. So that's, and I couldn't stand for three hours you know, and like work at 2 a.m. Nobody wants me doing surgery on them at 2 a.m. That's like, that is the last thing anybody wants. She's like first so. day of medical school. I can't right. do it. Like, okay, we, she's out. Yeah, <laughs> we all know our limitations. I don't want her on my team. <laughs> right. That's so funny. Yeah. So what took you in now? Let's talk the path. You just mentioned social media. Let's yeah. let's talk mm-hmm. the path on how you started doing social media and love because you have amazing numbers and everything as well. And we talked about this a little bit here, but please explain <laughs> a little bit to the audience on how you got started. Yeah. So I, oh my gosh, I actually started Instagram back my first year of medical school so what that was like probably 10 years ago Mm -hmm. um but i started posting in residency actually like about the struggles in residency so a lot of people don't talk about it like you're supposed to work 36 hours and you're supposed to be as sharp as you were hour one at hour 36 and you've had no sleep and that's not attainable yeah it's not safe i mean that's how patients die that's how the suicide rate in residency is crazy high i mean the physician suicide rate is getting higher the physician you know abuse rate in terms of drugs alcohol or whatever you want to pick is getting higher because these work hours are crazy and so I started, I started talking about it, not really for anyone else, more for me, more to feel not alone. Like I was like, I cannot be the only one that's struggling in residency that feels like it's not worth it. But then you feel stuck because you've got all these student loan debts and you're like, well, I have to continue with this, right? Um, and so I started talking about that on Instagram and that kind of grew it a little bit. And then I just started sharing my life from there as med- being a young female in medicine in a predominantly male dominated career. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I actually, so when remember when reels started happening? Yeah. I did a reel that was, it was cheeky, because I'm a little cheeky, and it was a reel that said, um, it was like, because I didn't change my last name when I got married. I kept Culver's my maiden name. Okay. And it, the reel was like, you know, um, when people ask me why I didn't change my last name, because my husband didn't go to medical school which is a little cheeky, right? <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm divorced now. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, and so then um, Kristen Bell ended up sharing it on her Instagram oh, and it wow. went viral. Yeah, and then this thing I kept, I was like, well, these reels are really working, so I guess I'll just keep doing it. And I kept doing reels and then one actually went viral and um, it was talking about how you can be an attractive woman and have an amazing career and they don't have to be two different things. Like they are, you can do them together, here, right? Here. And so, uh, this one like went viral and Australia, New Zealand wrote an article on me and then the Daily Mail wrote an article on me and then the New York Post wrote an article on me. It was crazy. So from there, that kind of grew social media. And then honestly, um, my divorce actually grew a lot of it at that point. Probably half of it has come or a good two thirds of it has come after that. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I think because I was vulnerable. I think because we see so much, you know, filtering, faking, like all these things on social media about how your life is perfect. I've got two and a half kids, white picket fence, and my marriage is perfect, and we never fight, and we have sex all the time, mm-hmm. right? And you see that on social media, mm-hmm. and it's hard to see that. And I, a lot of people had followed my marriage. They knew my marriage was, you know, you know, long distance. They knew that I was. He was in physical therapy school and all these things. And so, I think that because I finally was very real, and I was like, I've been miserable. I have not picked myself. I have ignored red flags. I have let myself get into a position that I never thought I would be in. And I would, and then I just started sharing about the trials and tribulations of divorce. And mine was really messy when it didn't need to be. And it was really, really, really brutal. And like we said, I, I would go on social media after emotions sometimes when, because I would just get like, 
Man, his female attorney was brutal. Oh. I would get like two. Was it here? It was. It was in Vegas. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I got divorced here, which is a community property state, state. And I didn't have a prenup because I got married and had nothing. And so I watched this guy come after everything that I. So we separated. There was an incident that once that happens, there's no coming back from. And at that moment, once that incident happened, and I can't legally talk about it because there is stuff that he put into the final marital thing that some details can't just be spoken right. about. And I'm not trying to get sued again. My goal for yeah. 22 well, is not to speak to any lawyers. But yeah, so there's an incident that happened that you just can't come back from. And that at that moment, I said, I'm not going to let myself stay in this marriage. I'm not going to let myself stay in a marriage where I'm being told I'm not wanted, where I'm being told that I'm not attractive, where I'm being told that there's, you know, that I work too much or just constantly being put down as opposed to like being praised and lifted up. Yeah. And so I said, I don't want to have lawyers involved. I, you know, you can have the car that I bought. You can have some money like to get started, but you are a physical therapist. You know, you have a great career. Mm -hmm. And um, two weeks later, he served me in my driveway. And I, cause I was like, I don't want to get lawyers involved. I don't think we need to have lawyers involved. There's three assets. You don't need to. No. And at that point I was like, I had my, so I thought I was protected because I bought the house and my name was the only one on the title, both vehicles I oh, had purchased. I saying, and yeah. I was the only one not on the here. title, not here. Yeah. And it, because this to this day will like haunt me for the rest of my life was the fact that I used community funds made during the marriage to buy these assets. So they are community property. And I was like, but we never, and I used to argue this and my lawyers probably just were like, girl, get it through your thick head here. Um, There's no way around but it. That would, it was like, okay, you didn't protect yourself. And I had no idea that but I how didn't do you protect. But when they say you protect yourself. Like I had no idea. And you also don't expect a three-year marriage. If she was in another state, it would have been a completely different right. ball game. Yep. But, but, and so he used laws that were created for women that stayed home and raised kids. Okay. And he used them to come after half the assets, everything I owned. That's a good lawyer. And she Wait, was. Who was the attorney? Can Jennifer Abrams. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't She's brutal. I mean, most of when people a, ask me for a divorce attorney, I actually don't recommend mine. I recommend her. I go, she's, her. she's a pit bull. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I don't know if the end if I hated my ex or more or her. I couldn't tell. Medina's like this in the photo. She's like, see my pockets? Yeah. Go to her. I know. Yeah, it was crazy. And so there was hearings and there was like, like he knew everything of what to do. It was well, like she knew everything. She yeah. did. He didn't. Yeah. And so she, I had to like pay his health insurance. I had to pay his car registration. I, he could drive the car that I bought. It was all these crazy things. And then um, it just like kept getting worse because it was like he, we tried to. So I was like I said, I was deposed on the, our wedding anniversary, mm -hmm. which was the worst way to spend a wedding yeah. anniversary because you're still technically married yeah. in the state of Nevada until everything's done. Yeah. So everything I was doing with my business to try and stay afloat, to pay all these bills, to like keep myself going, everything was still half his. And so I I remember after, after the deposition, I thought I did great. <laughs> Because it was like a four-hour deposition. Yeah. I thought I was like, oh, I did. I think I did really good, <laughs> you know, and which is good as you can feel after a deposition. And um, I remember his attorney was like, we want $400,000 from her. And I was like, what? Wow. And so we had could, tried to like mediate and to settle. And that moment was like, I remember being like sitting in my house by myself with my dog. But I was sitting there and I just... I like sank to the floor. Have you ever had that feeling where your legs completely give out? And I just sank to the floor and I sobbed. And then two houses down, my ex was partying at my neighbor's. And I was like, I don't even know what to do. Wow. It was, it was insane. And, um, so yeah, so that went on and on. At some point I had to pay him spousal support for a couple months because the judge ruled that I was, uh, he was entitled to the life he was used to. 
And so, Come on. and there was That's no so kids. Yeah, and so I watched all this happen. I watched the law basically allow this 40-year-old man to, who's a doctor of physical therapy, which all of a sudden during the divorce, he didn't want to claim he was a doctor, but a doctor of physical therapy come after, and the law was like, yeah, that's yours. You know? Who was the judge? Oh, I don't remember. It was, it was, <laughs> a, it was an older white man. So it was we an older, know it was, not to vote for his I know. It was, it was an older, it was a middle-aged, like, older white guy, which I thought would have been on my side, yeah. but it wasn't. And so at some point I was paying spousal support, and I was like, I can't keep going. I can't keep doing this for my emotions because I was still practicing medicine. At that point, I had asked my job. I had to scale back my hours because... I just couldn't do it. I just was like, I need time. Right. And it's like a whirlwind right why now. Why are you right? responsible for paying for him when he is a grown-ass man capable of working and supporting himself? Exactly. And that was my thing. And I go, why is this law allowing this to happen when there are no kids and he's not disabled? Right. And this is across the board, not just for a man, but for a woman as well. Exactly. Like if you are in your own career then you be responsible for yourself when you separate and you don't live off someone else. Right. Exactly, exactly. Like it makes no sense That's what to I was me telling. and the law is so unjust. It it's is. It's ridiculous right. and it needs to be addressed. And it's, it's amazing okay. how many people think that they're entitled to what they haven't earned. I wasn't yes. raised that way. I was not raised that way exactly. either. And I'm like, I could never imagine taking someone else's you know, belongings that, you didn't that I didn't earn, exactly. that I know I didn't, I mean, mm -hmm. he didn't even pay a gas bill in the house, you know, well, and so it was crazy. So let me ask you, so yeah. how was his, um, how was his well-being at this point in time? Was he just like, I, or was he like, I just well, can't talk to you during this? No, no, I want to know, I want to like, is he allowed, to, uh, did you guys reach out in between those times? Could he no. talk, did he go, I can't talk to you about this right now, just go through the lawyers, was it that kind of thing? Or yeah. was he like, it was nasty. He was never like remorse, you could never see There was see never your, like, uh, like, like you had sex, no, I actually, you know I, mean? I actually like, at one point begged him at like probably two weeks after he served me, I begged for him to take me back, which is, okay. which you look back and you're like, oh my God, yeah, Medina, like, oh, like, what, like I hate admitting here? that. I'm like, oh, it's gross. <laughs> right. oh. I mean, it But happens. no, it was so, I mean, the relationship had been so skewed and there was so much resentment built in the relationship that it was great that we separated, but it just didn't need to be as nasty as it was. Of course. But yeah, we, we ended up mediating eight months later, but if not, it was going to go to trial. And yeah. I was like, I can't, this is crazy for you this mean, to go you to trial. You mean if you didn't solve, if you didn't solve she it in settled. mediation. You basically settled okay. then. I settled, and yeah. And gave him what he, he did not deserve. Correct. To save your own peace of mind from having to go to trial. And to be done. Which, and to stop the spousal support because you don't get credit for spousal support. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. So the longer yeah. he drags it out, the more he gets to continue to collect. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. And so there was like threats if I didn't pay the spousal support by certain times, he was going to like cancel the mediation. It's it's a classic narcissist, right? Okay. It's a classic narcissist. And so, um, but you had to play the game. Yeah. You know, you it's like you had to play the game or my livelihood depended on it. What do you think it would have happened if it would have went to trial? What do you think you would have been off? <sighs> would it have been something similar that you owed him or? You know, his attorney didn't show up for mediation. Okay. She sent in someone else. Of course which she did. The mediating attorney actually told me that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Oh, wow. He said, because she would not have let you go out of this room without at least a two in front of that six-figure number. And I got it less than that. It was still six figures. Yeah. But um, he goes, she wouldn't have let you walk away without that. He goes, she would have fought on a lot of issues that the other attorney kind of lets go. And this is the mediator saying this. This was the mediator mm -hmm. saying wow. that. Wow, man. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. You're sitting in this room and I was, and there was the mediating attorney was this, you know, older white guy. And my attorney was an old white guy. And they're like, you know, you're sitting there and they blatantly said to me, and you, I'm sure you'll relate to this, but like from my angle, they were like, oh, someone like you usually doesn't end up in this position. 
someone that looks like you. And right. I was like, and I think probably three or four times throughout the mediation, there was comments on like my looks and how my looks, you know, someone, yeah, someone that's this pretty, you really, sh you'll be fine, you'll be fine. I, and I was, it, doesn't it? I know. And I was like, are you kidding me about it? Right. I know. And they're like, you'll bounce back. You'll be fine. But you're you're a pretty girl. You're going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, she's like, like recording this going, I, I, I know where all this money's coming from. I know. Half from you, half from you, and half from you. I was like, yeah. this is crazy. No. So no, it was one of those moments where I, one of them looked at me and he was like, because I actually almost hired the mediating attorney as my attorney, but I couldn't afford his retainer. And he, he goes, I really wish that you would have hired me for your case. And I go, well, this is your chance now to uh, to get me what uh, out of here without mm -hmm. you know this insane amount. But yeah, you just sit there and you you have to fight for yourself because no one else is going to fight for you. Right. And it was it was crazy. I mean, he came after my social media staff. He came after. You know, the business that I started, the businesses that I do there, even just like consulting for like CBD companies, I'd like have all these. It was crazy. It was yeah. absolutely insane. Wow. So, yeah. So after everything was said and done, um, the day you went home and cried, was that when you signed everything that day? Is oh, my God. I cried so buckled? many times. There were so many times okay. I cried. My I, question is, yeah. um, how did communication after that? I'm sure none. you had to. None. Okay. Because everything was moved no out friendship. and everything as well. Like, no friendship. Uh, uh -uh. Okay. He still lives in the in, okay. in the city, but there was, it was... Um, I had I, I actually that is incorrect. I had to see him because he on top of the cash settlement, the car, and half my retirement, which you don't realize that they're entitled to half your retirement. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I had to give him. This was like where he really wanted to stick me. I had to give him the couch and like a TV. See, that's petty. That is <laughs> like so he wanted petty. It? And I yeah, he was like like demanded. Like yeah. we weren't leaving there until he got a couch that's and petty. a TV. That is and really I was like, petty. bro. Yeah. Go buy your own damn TV. <laughs> They're eight hundred dollars at Costco, and yeah. I'm still paying for the Costco membership. So go for it. Like before I kick you off, but, but I would yeah. be like this: Waterfoot. <laughs> There's I your know. damn couch. No, actually, because so I had started like kind of um, dating at Please that point. Please tell me you fucked yes, on that couch. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Here you go. <laughs> I know. I there know, you have it, folks. Heard from a doctor, Medina Culver. She says it all. I was like, that is exactly this. what I do. Nice. Yeah, I love why. it. But I was like, God, are you serious? Fucking enjoy that couch. <laughs> I was like, enjoy it. Have a well moment. Played. Well yeah, played. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was good. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by our partnership with Athletic Greens. All right. So Jamie, you know I'm a tennis pro, right? Yeah. So I'm on court up to ten hours a day, and I don't really get the nutrition and vitamins that I need throughout the day. So I've always been looking for this multivitamin that I've wanted to use, and I can't find anything out there until I discovered AG1 from Athletic Greens. It has 75 to 75 vitamins and minerals and probiotic stuff in there that I need to get me energized through the day. It helps me to sleep better. It also helps me recover easier, and it's just quite frankly good for your healthy lifestyle. And if you have a keto diet gluten-free or dairy-free, it just works. So nice. I'm a fan of this. And it's one scoop in a cup a day, One scoop right? in a cup a day. I put it in my water bottle all the time. Do you like the way it tastes? I do like the way it tastes. Sometimes I add a little bit of apple juice, but I love it. So now for our audience out there, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dayintel. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash date intel to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance trust me guys you're gonna love this vitamin pack it's easy with just one scoop a day in your water and you're good to go love it
Oh my gosh, it's crazy. All right, so let's talk about, we're going to jump to our episode because yeah. now we're going to get to the next chapter of your okay. life. And this is the, the topic today, guys, is <laughs> so called many chapters. Diversifying Divorce. After divorce, can you show a great deal of variety, expand your POV, and be open to something new and different? Are you actually ready for a change? In other words, are you willing to be open to new things in your life? A hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. you are for sure. So please tell us after that. So now we're getting to that part, the next chapter. So... Having sex on his couch, you met yeah. someone new. Where do we go from there? Like, the, this was this. I was not ready to. I was not okay. ready to date at all. all right, so there it. was so much. I mean, I was so emotionally scarred. I just wanted someone to love me. Mm-hmm. I wanted in that moment. I was still seeing a therapist. I was still like doing my life coach, and I was. I just wanted someone that wanted to be with me because for years. I mean, I remember a birthday trip. My ex told me, "I'm not attracted to you. I don't want to have sex with you." And so for years that happened, and I, I let myself get into these situations because of stories we tell ourselves, right? So it's like. My whole life, I told myself, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not whatever enough. And it was great for my career because right. it got me to where I needed to be at you know, 29, and it was awesome. But then for my personal life, it completely derailed my personal life because I was sitting here telling myself that this horrible guy across the way or that I was married to was we should be was all you, I was going to get was and and I but I told myself I was like well this is as good as it's going to get I mean I'm you know 32 years old now I'm not going to find anybody else and I'm like washed up and so I this is all I'm going to have and that was what I was telling myself and right. that's why I stayed that's why I got married in all honesty there were so many red flags that looking back I was like oh my god Medina but there you don't in that moment you're just you're just so lost and you yeah. just want someone to care about you because it took me 33 years to finally be happy with myself. And I finally realized, I was like, I had let someone else control my happiness for years. And so um, I did coaching, I did therapy, I really kind of like broke it down. And I tell people I go divorce, as you guys know, it breaks you down into this like very, very basic, you know, very basic building blocks. And it's your choice how you're gonna build that person afterwards. Right. And so a lot of people call it the next chapter and I'm like, it's not another chapter, it's a whole new damn book. I don't call it the next chapter. I call it diversifying <laughs> divorce. You hear that, people? There's no new chapters. Diversifying divorce. But yeah, so, so no, yeah. it's it. And I just was like, I had to build it up, but I had to build it up in the way that I felt strong and confident as a woman. And that, like, at 33 years old, I was like, okay, I can walk into a room and know that you know, stand tall and not feel like I don't belong, and not feel scared, and not feel anxious. And I could walk in and say that I deserve everything and not be ashamed of it, you right. know, and go after what I How long did that take you, want. though? Like you said, like, what was that period of, like, uh, that, like that, I'm, I'm going to, sorry to say this, no, I'll call it the wallowing period. Yeah. Like, when did you finally say, I need to get out of this shit? Um, the wallowing period, I don't let myself wallow that much. Okay. Um, because I don't think it's good for you. Yeah. I think you can, like, sit in it and you can be with it and you can mm-hmm. be angry. But I think if you let it take over your life, I think it can completely derail you. And I think it derails your progress at the end. And so I let myself feel bad for myself. And then probably like a month, we'd already done therapy and probably like a month later, I just started with a new therapist Okay. after he served me because I, I still had to practice medicine, right? So I still had to go in every day to a clinic and I had to see these patients and I had to like, you know, listen to them while my world was spinning out of control. But also if I mess up, it could be someone's life. Yeah. And so true. I, I realized that I said, I have to make sure that my mm-hmm. mindset is good. So I started right away, just kind of into that breakdown mode. Um, and there was, you know, steps back okay. throughout the way, of course there are. but sure. it probably, it was probably like a solid 10 months of doing coaching therapy and all of that to finally feel like I could like breathe, like okay. I could exhale again. Okay. Yeah. And then the guys like, sorry, I'm, I'm saying guys, um, the, 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 the like you're, <laughs> my mouth yeah, opens. Sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I said, I, 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 I backtracked. So <laughs> I don't know any other way to say So the people that you explored within that little realm of yeah. your of that like that gray area like yeah. um you know it, there's always fillers i, I understand that yeah. and everything um 
um, how did how did you remember? Because you just said you just wanted someone to love you. Da da da. Of course that, and we always want to have that validation and that affirmation. I get that. Yeah. Um, how long did those last, or how long did that last? I should say. So I'm not trying to use the plural. Yeah. I'm just trying to like find a way to say it the right way without. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop looking at me. When I'm, try, I'm trying to ask the right question without trying to go. Those, so how many people did yeah, you play so with, Medina? Many, you know, I had a, oh I, I, sorry, I, like, I had a lot of fun. I had okay, a lot yeah, of see, fun. Yeah, see, because see? I was like, you know what? I said, I'm 32 and I'm not ugly. And why the fuck not? Right. You know? And I was like, I'm safe about it. And I'm not looking for a relationship. Good. And so it was, yeah, I had, it was a good time. So what I was yeah. getting at of saying that reason why is because I feel like everyone needs that time to explore that because it, it, it actually, you either going to, like you said, you're either going to stay in it or you need to get the shit out of it and yeah. just get out of your system and find out what you want to do now. What's the next step is what I was getting at. So oh, the next step, the next yeah. step for like my dating intelligence life. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can talk about that a little bit as well, but, but we're still on diversifying right now. Uh, so. No. I'm kidding. so, so I, I like the fact that you went oh to therapy goodness. right away. I yeah. like the fact that you know obviously it sucks that you still have to go to work because we still have to live our everyday life and still get through the, yes, our job and whatever yeah. we need to move forward but i'm sure you went home and probably wanted to dive into like some wine or whatever bad movies whatever it is you know oh, I'm yeah, sure yeah, you yeah. Did that. yeah um but once a lot again of wine consumed. like once again what was the pivotal moment or was do you think it was therapy or did once again because i know you said you don't wall and stuff for very long but you had to make a physical change and say stop this is what i need to do now take, take one step at a time and do it um, it was actually probably when I, so I had a random five week sabbatical that um, I ended up going back to Montana, which is where I'm from. Okay. And so during all this, um, what I was, we were talking about the private practice that I was working with, um, they ended up stealing money from me at the time during my mm. divorce. And so, yeah. Just it was double hit. 20, yeah. 2021 was really good. Okay. Like uh. a crush that year. <laughs> um, and so, See ya, 21. So I resigned from them and I thought, and so I gave them 30 days. And I was going to start my job that I'm at right now. Okay. I was going to start that job two weeks after my 30 days. I was going to give myself like two weeks off, right? And they accepted my resignation effective immediately. Yeah. And I go, oh, well, there's five weeks that I didn't know I was going to get off. So I, I kind of realized, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit at my house for five weeks, you know, and just play with my dogs. Mm -hmm. um, and so I actually drove home to Montana. And it was the best Montana for me, I could never live there again permanently, but for Montana for me is such a reminder that everything is so simple. We overcomplicate so many things. And at the end of the day, it's all just about being happy. It's all just a being, we think all these material things make us happy, but it's like just being there, being around my parents who are my best friends and who just celebrated their 49th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. Those, That's I know, they're amazing. Wow. They're so cool. They don't, they have no grandkids. Those poor, <laughs> poor people. <laughs> they only have grand dogs. But no, um, so they... They just talked to me and it, I, you know, I cried to them and I remember being terrified and I remember, you know, just, I just, they were like my, I just like let it out. And my dad looked over and he, and he goes, if you can keep this settlement, you know, under 200, he goes, I have you okay because I have your back. That's amazing. And I remember being like, oh my God, you know, because you're trying to feel like, do I get a HELOC? Like, how am I going to get all this money? Yeah. Because I don't want to pay this guy at 4% interest for the rest of my life. And so I remember he was like, and I'll never forget that. And that's why like no one is as good as my dad. He's like the best, best soul in the world. And he, he looked at me, he goes, I'll take out a loan for my line of credit. He does real estate. And he goes, I'll oh, take out great. a loan for my line of credit. He goes, you're the only person I would lend this much money to because I know you'll pay me back. He goes, I also know you have a good job. And yeah. I go, thanks. <laughs> I go, thanks. Aww, and that, what but a relief for you. It was. It was that moment where you, you're... Where you're like, I can do this. You are. Because you're like, you you feel so weak and you feel so hopeless. And it was a, it was like that lifesaver. And you don't necessarily always want it to come from your parents because you're like, you're like, God, am I gonna ever like, like cut the umbilical cord? Like, you know? But then I was like, no, I'm. That's why they're here. Like, that's what good people do. Right. 
And there's not a lot of people I trust in the world. My circle's very small. It got smaller during my divorce, but that it was great. It was that life preserver that I needed to be like, I can do this. And yeah. then that's when I called him and I, you know, we hadn't spoken in months and I called him and I, I two hours later, I, he agreed to a mediation and we were at mediation two weeks later. Okay. That's yeah. great. Wow. That's great. And it was solved that day. So it was, <sighs> it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. It was nine hours later, but it was great. That's well, wow. thank you parents. Yeah. Thank, yeah. Thank they're great. Yeah. Amazing. They're so good. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, um, you had said something just now. I was going to ask you about your circle, like of girlfriends or whatever. So you oh, have, yeah. I guess it, things do split up at that point, but, um, they any, do. anybody that you had in town that you were, there was a, actually, you know, that was a, it was a really cool. It was a really great thing. There was this group of three women that I'd only been friends with for about a couple of years since I moved to mm -hmm. Vegas. Um, like meeting them through Pilates and stuff like that. And I, you know, had a very, what I thought were very superficial relationships with them. But then when they saw that I was completely, you know, emotional, which I'm usually not, but when I was completely emotional, these women rallied around me and they would have wine every weekend, every Wednesday at my house, they would come over and just be sweatpants. That's great. We'd just talk about whatever was going on in their lives, my life. It wasn't just focused on me, you know, so it was like a chance for me to escape what was going on in my life too. Yeah. And I remember there was moments where I could like call them and I'd be like, I'm struggling and I could go over to their house or they could come, they'd come over to my house. And it was so unexpected. It was that moment where you're like, wow, you never know who's going to show up right. because the people that I'd been friends with, people that were in my wedding, people that, I mean, my best friend married us. They didn't show up one bit. Wow. They didn't even ask how I was doing. And that was that moment that I said, whoa, who have I let into my life out of convenience? And who have I actually, like, who are these people I've surrounded myself with that aren't here during the low moments and they're only here for the, you know, the parties? Makes you really think, doesn't mm -hmm. it? It does. And, it yeah. does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So wow. lost a lot of friendships, but found, I really found that, like, I found my circle of people I can trust. I was going to say, I don't think amazing. you have any problems meeting any friends. you got a great personality, you know, energy, <laughs> yes. so I'm sure, like, they well, are thank just, you, thank yeah. You. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's all caffeine-induced, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how are the, speaking of which, how are the dogs, by they, the way? You know, and I, I don't know if this was... about your dogs? I do, yeah, I actually got a puppy during the divorce because okay. I was like, I just need someone to love me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so 21 no. was a good year. 21, yeah. yeah so, so now I have two golden retrievers. Okay. So there's so much hair everywhere. Um, but no, Zion and Bryce are, they're the best boys, like, they're... They're amazing. I I actually got Bryce as a backup plan because I was like already Zion's he'll be seven in like a couple months. And I was like, oh my God, you can't die yet. I'm not ready for you to go. I need a backup plan for you. Um and so I got Bryce during it, which okay. was which was great. So yeah, so two two dogs running around. Okay. Yeah. All right. And basically, sorry, I'm gonna ask you this real fast. Um you what's what, going going because I know we're always sometimes just like, wait, and I wait. Um on social media now, you you use it for very positive stuff. And I yeah. and like your affirmations that you put out there and everything as well. Um that, that's just fantastic. So I like the fact that you put yourself out there and you share just those little things go a long way I for think, a lot of people. I think, you know, and kind of going back to social media and we were talking about like growth of social media, I shared all of so everything we've talked about. The reason I talk about it so openly, because people are like, Are you uncomfortable with mm -hmm. it? And I go, I'm not because I already shared it yeah and so I shared this in front of you know tens of thousands of people with what I was going through you know where we talked to the point where the judge said you have to stop talking about your divorce on social media till it's finalized because my ex felt threatened do you really have to though I was well so my ex was like going to report it because he had friends watching it I but I never so here was the thing that drove me crazy I could never attend these hearings because I was working <laughs> oh so this the lawyer went so then. the lawyer oh. went and I could never defend myself oh, man. so then I just got all these and I was like what I can't like my freedom of speech is being taken away and I said I've never even mentioned his name he's not tagged anywhere he's not even in a photo anymore on my social media and what like yeah. this is crazy and so it was I I talked about that I was like, I can't talk about it anymore okay. because the judge said I can't. And, you know, people were like, this is insane. So people watched that whole journey. And 
I was honest. And I think that like people watched me really hit rock bottom. I was not because I think people are afraid to show rock bottom because it's vulnerable mm -hmm. and it's scary and it's lonely. But it's really cool because after rock bottom comes like a really freaking badass mountain, right? Yeah. And like you become this really amazing person that's stronger, that doesn't care as much about like little things that don't matter, that is just freer in the world. And so I think people have really watched that happen over the last 10 months where it's like, yeah, you know, like I just bought myself a new car. Like I'm super stoked about that, you know, or like something like just fun things like taking care of myself and being positive. But I also had to tell myself every day, whether I believed it or not, I had to be positive. Yeah. Because right. no matter what else is going on in your life, if you're not positive, what are you doing? Right? right. The world can be your world can be falling apart, but you have every day you can choose to wake up every day and say, I'm grateful for these two dogs sleeping next to me. I'm grateful to wake up. I'm grateful to have a job. I'm grateful for family. I'm grateful for, you know, the three friends I have that I can rely on for anything. And that was the moment where I said, I have to start being grateful for those things, because if you focus on all the negativity and everything that's bad that's happening, Oh my God, it's going to be awful. Yeah, you're going to be missing out. You're on going to be lot. awful. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're going to miss out on so many opportunities. Yeah. And so I just want to remind people like, Pick yourself, you know, like pick yourself first, be your own happiness. No one gives you happiness. No one creates your happiness. You create your own happiness and someone just adds to it. Right. That's, true. That's it. We're yeah. responsible for our own happiness yeah. at the end of the day. Agreed. Completely. Yeah. We can't like give that to anyone else or expect them mm -hmm. to make us happy. Exactly. And there was a moment I'll never forget. My ex told me, he goes, it's not my job to make you feel appreciated. And I was like, oh. This I was guy. Like, I was like, wait a minute. I thought it was. I thought that was part of marriage. Yeah, right? Thank you. Like, yeah. yo, what happened to like helping you, uplifting but it, each but other? But that was a moment where I was like, I have to do my work. Yes. Because I hadn't done it. Okay. And I tell, I tell everyone all the time, my divorce, even though we're talking about this whole thing, my divorce doesn't define me. It was a defining moment, but it doesn't define who I was. No, that's correct. And, it, and I tell everyone, I go, I wouldn't have done the work. I wouldn't have done the work at all because I would have just kept going on in my career, just working really hard and just like, you know, not saying no to anything and just trying to like hustle, hustle, hustle to pay for me and my husband. Yeah. And I never would have done the work. And if I never would have done the work, I wouldn't be here today. Well, also, if you didn't do the work, you wouldn't have another um, uh, level of growth. Correct. As well. Exactly. Because like yeah. you said, you know, you thought you'd get married. Da, 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 da. It's like it's a, it becomes this cycle, you know, and you can't get out of it. And then you're just going to find someone who's just like your ex. Exactly. If you don't right. change. Right. And that's right. Where I love divorced people. Divorced people are my favorite people. I only want to hang out with divorced people from here on out. Seriously, it's like you've done the work. You know what you bring to the table and you're not faking it. You right. know? Yeah. And so many people fake it. But you're like, it's not worth it. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I love it because I know that like if someone's divorced, that means they've at least done the work on themselves because nothing is 100 percent somebody's fault. Right. That's true. I had to I had to accept my own faults in that relationship. And I had to figure out how am I going to in the next relationship that I get into? How am I not going to bring that baggage in? Yeah, because that's like an 80 pound baggage if I'm not right. careful. Right. OK, so how long has it been really since you've been divorced? So he served me last April. So um, and then it was finalized in November. Okay. okay so, so about six, seven. Yeah, like eight, seven, eight months. months. Yeah, 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 yeah. That it's been finalized. And yep. then, where, where do you feel like you're at mentally now? Do you think that you're ready to be in another relationship, or are you still just enjoying yourself and your me time? I'm still enjoying myself. I'm still enjoying my me time. You know, because yeah. I, because I, I can. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not trying to rush into anything. I'm not trying to. Um, I just, I just love me. And, yeah. and it sounds, people are like, oh, that's so selfish of you to say. <laughs> yeah. And I go, great, it is selfish. 
Because what's bad with being selfish, right? If you're selfish with your own energy and your own love for yourself, it's not selfish. Right. It's and great. plus, you're it's not going to be able to give it to the next person the exactly. correct way. And there's walls, right? You, mm -hmm. That whole situation created walls. We, we'd all be sitting here lying to ourselves if it didn't create walls. Yeah, some and walls. trust issues. That was like a freaking yeah. maze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? We used to have cornfield mazes oh growing up. So that just reminded me <laughs> of it so much. Where you'd get lost and you're like, how do I get out of oh here? Like, that whole thing just sounds like a maze of walls. It's like, where are you? Yeah. So, you know, it was, I have to... I have to understand that too. So anything that happens, there's walls up and they're not going to come down right away. But I also know what I bring to the table and I'm not going to sit down anymore with someone that doesn't bring the same thing to the table. So or more. Exactly. Yeah. I want someone that's going to motivate me. Exactly. I'm not going to drag anybody along. I'm not going to take care of anybody financially anymore. I want someone that's, I'm not asking to be financially taken care of. I'm just asking for someone to meet me at the same right. level or more like exactly yes. like you said. Mm -hmm. And None of us, I think the majority of people don't realize what they bring to the table and they sell themselves short. All the time. All the time. I see it every day. Yes. Like they, it's like you, they can't even recognize their own worth. Yeah. And I, if you don't see it within yourself, then How do you no expect someone can. else to see it? Yeah. yeah. You can't. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I always say, if you don't bet on yourself, who's going to bet on you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like to call it, um, you've, you've lost your voice, is what I always say. You, know, so you true. can't lose your voice. You have to be able just to always, always be true to who you are and speak your voice. And if your partner doesn't allow that, then there's something wrong. You yeah. know, and not necessarily blame it on your partner because sometimes people allow themselves to be take that role. Yeah. You know, and that's the mm -hmm. other thing too, because you just assume, okay, well, this is my role. This is how I'm going to be now. I'm going to let the other one take over, da da da. And you all of a sudden you just you're lost. You I lose think, yourself. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think right. one role people allow themselves to take on too easily is the victim. Yeah. And that's where I never wanted to let myself go. Okay. I was like, I'm not the victim in this. Mm -mm. It sucks. And it's kicking my ass yeah, sometimes, right. <laughs> but I'm not the victim. Okay. You know? Now and you're like the vic the victor. Exactly. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice I like that. That was good. I might like use that. that. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. And that that was the thing is I, I always say like the comeback's better than the setback, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. That's that's it. Yeah. 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 You've already come out a huge winner on this one. So <laughs> yeah. now we just got to set you up for the next one. So with that being said, Jamie usually asks these kind of questions, but I'm going to dive in now. So I know that you said you're not completely ready and that's totally fine, but I'm sure you've probably had some encounters where you've met someone that might be a potential. So how do you navigate that now for yourself? Oh, that's such especially a, such a big question. Right, especially I feel since like, if is you there feel, a glass of wine? Well, right? well, you know where are you meeting these guys? Well, what? Okay, I mean, so I tried the app for a second. That was terrifying. Oh, every yeah, terrifying. Wait, 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 wait. What app? Hinder or wait, okay. not Tinder. That's the best name. That's, you, Hinge versus Tinder. <laughs> it's hindering me. Yes, I think we could be on. Oh my god, that's a Freudian slip. It was Hinge. It was Hinge. Okay, what about Raya? I just heard about this when that girl from Selling Sunset, like, apparently met Ben Affleck on there. That's what the hell? Oh, Emma. I didn't know anything about this. Yeah, so I can recommend you for that app. It's it's a celebrity app. How do people so go on these high-level apps and no one ever hears about? There's no list for this stuff. You need someone to recommend you to get on. Oh. Yeah. Because yeah, so you can't just sign up. That's amazing. Because so it's kind of good. I okay. actually had, match I had matchmakers <laughs> once reach out to me. Like, Wait, say that again. I had matchmakers reach okay. out to me on, on social media. Got Which it. ones? I have no idea. You have to send them to me because I know most of these. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Yes. How do you know these people? I mean, this is what I do. Single woman, <laughs> dating a lot. 
Yeah, I was like, uh, I'm not ready, but like, right. thank you guys so much. It's okay, so you have to be you. hit on. Sorry, I didn't mean to take. I'm taking no. a squirrel moment. You, yeah, you have to be hit on DMs on your Instagram. Oh god, right? I get marriage proposals on the okay. on like daily, on okay. the daily. Like yeah. they're uncomfortable. Yeah, and like I, dick I can pics. only imagine. It's oh my god, they put on the DMs. Who leads with a dick pic? Wow, who leads with it? So disgusting. But I delete and block right away. Completely, I just I can't with the dicks. It's too much. Like you don't even have a nice dick. Why are you sending this? It's always really bad. I can. How this does, is a bad dick. Or one time, I, I'm so not I'm even like, kidding you. I got a dick pic, and the, there's dirty underwear on the floor. And I'm like, I think that's kitty litter oh. on the right side. Like, what the fuck? Wow. So I would send them to my friends, and I'd be like. I send them to my gay yeah, friend. I'm and like, I'm like, what do you think of this? That's so, like, see, it becomes a joke now. It's so funny. It becomes exactly. a joke now. It's like the dick of and the day. And do these dudes not yeah. think it's going to turn out to be a joke somehow, some way? You know? Because it's going to get shown around in a weird way. I don't know if they they can't be serious. I don't Are they know. serious? They do they think that's how you get somebody? Do you, I don't know. I've always wanted to re respond one time and be like, oh, baby, that's such a, you to know what I mean? What, Just to respond. like see. Yeah. Like what happened to high? Yeah, or like, hey, how are you? Or like, can we just do something normal? Ooh, maybe you should ask them to send another photo of them because maybe it's like Photoshop shit that's not even the real dicks. You know what I mean? How, how sometimes I mean, that I happens. I mean, I feel like if you're going to send a fake one, you at least pick a nice fake okay, one. Okay, well, I'm You, you yeah. don't get a good but, dick pic. Yeah, okay, I don't, I don't or know. like, do you get like selfies? Like they oh, send yeah. you like... Uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. It's like, like okay, I just know. for the record, ladies, on my Instagram <laughs> social, really I have a lot of followers, and no one sends me shit. People are weirdos. Uh, completely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is like, you have to be. I think like because you have a huge social media. Yes, so, she does. Yeah, yeah. You have a huge, like amazing social media. Like props. Like let's take five seconds. Yours is oh, amazing. You. It's so good. Thank you. And so I was like, I remember when you reached out. I was like, oh my gosh, she has a million followers. Oh my <laughs> god. So like, I was like, wow, I've really made it in the world. Um, but no, it's like men are intimidated by that. Men are intimidated by social media. Men are intimidated by success. A lot. Not everyone. I'm. Mm -hmm. It's a generalization. But I think that that's what you run into too. Yeah. Is that they're intimidated by it and they don't know how to handle it. Not this guy. I love it. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on, people. Yeah. I like a very strong uh, woman who knows what they're doing. And I say, I'm just like, let's go. Because I, I feel like it's very I confident. I think, too, they have a hard time. People have a hard time seeing successful women single. So yes. for some reason, mm -hmm. they feel bad for me or they'll be like, I hope you're not there alone. It makes me feel so bad. You mean the for women you. saying that or the guy? Women Both. too. Oh, women. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's, right. yeah, that mm. is actually so true. Like yeah, you're yeah. in Hawaii by yourself. Like that makes me so sad for you. And I'm thinking, I'm so fucking excited. Yeah, right. I can get up when I <laughs> want, liberating. do what I want. If I want to get Where up at three a.m., hike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where would I want? <laughs> it's becoming a show, people. I'm excited now. Okay. It's exactly. Yeah. It's so true, though, because but I think that goes back to people are afraid to be alone. Yep, that's people true. People are yeah. terrified to be alone. That was the thing. I had to sit with myself. When was last? When 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 are we talked to sit with ourselves? I, I I'm very bad at so it. So I've gotten so comfortable sitting with myself mm -hmm. that I think that I open up to like less and less because yeah. I'm so comfortable in my own skin and in my own space that it's like you r really have to wow me for me yeah. to even kind of give you the time of day now because oh, come out of that you're right cuz i'm just in such a good space like mentally physically spiritually like all the so, areas so yeah. what are you bringing to the table because i'm in such a great space and i think that's great imagine if more relationships started that way imagine yeah. if more relationships were like i'm in a great space what are you going to add to it like how are we going to grow together yeah. But people are afraid of that. Yes. And and women don't like to say that. Like, nope. what are you going to add to it? But I have no problem. Why, and right. why are women so, like, people always ask, like, I negotiated my salary 
Because I was like, this is what I deserve. If you guys are going to pay me, I'll walk away. Right. Yeah. But exactly. it's like, why are women so afraid to do this? Why are we afraid to be like, this is what I offer? And I tell people, I go, people ask for a female physician more than male physicians. So I want to be paid, if not the same, more than my male counterparts. You know, you're worth. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and so, you, you. And so you, but how many, and that's so true. Like women just don't realize, I think a lot of the time what they bring to the table. And I think some of it's marketing. We're supposed to look a certain way. We're supposed to act a certain way. We're supposed to be a certain well, way. Well, your lawyers told you that. Yeah, I mean, completely. So, yeah. And yeah. so it's like, I, I think you're so spot on with that. But I think that's so cool too, is that you can sit by yourself with yourself and you have everything you need. That's huge. Yeah, I just, I, I don't really think that I need a lot mm -mm. at all. Yeah. I don't require a lot. I, I don't have an attach, attachment to things, but I have like a passion for life and adventure. Which is amazing, which is exactly so, how it should be. Like, right. that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, I'd rather travel by myself or with like great friends yes. than travel with a significant other, you know? Yeah, it's- but Because also when you get bloated after vacation, you don't have to like, have sex. <laughs> like, it's, it's so much easier. Like, you know, it's like, it's just, I would rather travel with people that bring good energy. And that's another thing, I, I refuse, I, I like read, I can feel people's energy. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've always felt this. Like I always know instantly if I'm going to like somebody. Like instantly. It's so weird. And so I was like, if someone doesn't bring good energy into my life, I, they're not in my life. I'm out. I, yep. I I'm hear done. you on that. Yeah. I'm 100%. done. 100. Yeah. Yeah. I walk away. Like I've told you before. Like if I'll, I could talk to someone, all of a sudden, like I'll just walk away because it's like it's rare, but it's like it's not worth my time anymore. Exactly. It's, I'm, my time is too valuable. And that's the so. hugest thing, mm -hmm. right? It's like how, we're so afraid to say like my time is valuable. I'm not going to spend it here. Yeah. Why? Right. Why are we afraid to say that? Yeah, I'm not. That's a good one. I love it. No, I love it. It's so good. Because it's you so know good. who you are now and you spend time yeah. by yourself yeah. now. That matters now. You don't need anyone else. Like you said, you know, frankly, you don't even need a guy. It's like the guy should be complimenting you more than anything else. You know, that's what I love oh. about your life right now. Any guy that you're Thank with you. has, should always be just a compliment of enjoying the life that you live and being a part of it. Yeah. So, and it's not easy for most guys because we, they, we want to take control and it's like just sit back, you know, be a man or do whatever you need to, but just allow both people just to finally find, let her be her, let me be me and just enjoy life. Yeah. It's and not, it's not like, a competition. No. And it's like, mm -hmm. if at some point you cross paths with someone that's like a really amazing, awesome, the universe, yeah. whatever's going to happen is already, I totally believe is already predetermined. The universe is going to like, it's all going to work yeah, out. It'll work out. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so sure. Yeah. It's totally like oh. the, how I said, I'm laughing at her. I got on, oh, what's Hinder? <laughs> I got on Hinder once right after I got divorced as well. And like after my second date, I pulled, I, you know, I, I found this girl with like that on Hinder. I'm not calling it Hinder. Hinder. And, um, it's addicting. We, it matched up really well because I felt like I lost, I lost my worth being yeah. married for 17 years. I didn't know who I was anymore because yeah. breaking out, I didn't know if I was still relevant. I didn't know if I was good looking. I knew, I didn't know anything. I just knew it's like, you know, that and friends or whatever. So when I stepped outside of that world and just being uh, vulnerable again, this girl that I went out with for the second, the, well, second person on the, on that date, on the second time, um, we matched up well, more physical than anything else. And yeah. I dropped her off at her place, you know, after the, uh, the bar and, um, restaurant. And, um, I said, okay, bye. Da -da. I went three miles up the road, started crying. I pulled over and started crying. Cause I was like, what does this mean for me now? Like I found, I, 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 first of all, I cried because I, I was relevant. I did matter. I still yeah. had something yeah. and it really helped me and it empowered me again as well. And, and that, from that moment on, it's, it's just, it just kind of soared. And thank goodness I found, you know, the girl probably that I, who I've been with for almost five years now, yeah. about a week and a half after that. So it's That's been amazing. an amazing run. Yeah. I, you know, and I always, people are like, aren't you afraid you're going to be alone forever? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, is that the worst thing that could happen no, to me? It's not. Like, is that I don't even think that way. Do but you society think that way? That I, at way. first I did. At first I did. To be totally transparent, at first I was yeah. like, terrified. I was yeah. like, oh my God, I'm going to be alone. But then I was like, wait, I actually really like myself. And right. I was like, I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'm okay. And so now I don't even worry about it. Like, now I'm not like, 
oh God, I'm in my thirties. Like I better start freezing my eggs. I better start doing all these things because I'm going to be washed up in no time, right. you know? No, yeah. But I was like, no, I don't think that way. Like this is the third, my thirties have already been just this last eight months. It already feels like the best year of my life, That's great. you know? And so it was like, no, I don't feel that way anymore at all. I did at the beginning though, for sure. I did at the beginning of course. Yeah. until I like actually felt very, very secure with who I was. And just happy by myself. But you also know this too, you saying that, like I find that you, you know, you said something really great there that you, you surround all of a sudden the people from you deciding that you'll find the right people that surround you who will just be appreciative of you and no matter what capacity. Isn't it so cool mm -hmm. who you meet? Yep. Like, mm -hmm. It's so cool. Like when you actually just are your authentic self and you put it out there, it's so cool who yeah. you meet. Right. Like, it's so awesome. I wouldn't be sitting you've here. You've raised your vibration, and yes. that's what you're mm -hmm. attracting. Yeah. And you're like, you so meet people, and you're like, oh my God, right. you guys are so cool. Right. Like, they could be amazing. married, they could yeah. be married, they could be single, they could be dating, but they all love you for you, and they could care less what you did. You know, yeah. they're not going to judge. They're not going to like say, well, maybe you should, like, you can be by yourself. That's crazy. They all just want to just have you be your best. Exactly. That's amazing. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. See, Jamie? <laughs> See how this goes? <laughs> Take some yeah. notes over here, Jamie. Yeah, I see. I <laughs> see. Jamie's the inspo. You're crushing it. You're doing amazing. Jamie is crushing it. She's, she's yes. crushing it. No, she's one thing it. about her, and it's been a year since we've almost had the show together, yeah. but one thing about, actually probably when this comes out, it'll be a year. We'll be together for a year. Yeah. Um, it's, but one thing about her from your your growth since I've we started this whole thing, it's been an amazing ride. Like yeah. she's just been more open and just more hurt your energy and just you about you being open and honest to who you are and being able to share. It's just been an amazing ride in itself. And I, I love seeing her growth as, as a friend and as a co-host and everything. I am like a little more private mm -hmm. with, um, I think certain aspects of my life, but I've learned to share and be a little more comfortable. Yeah. Um, but I feel like more than anything, my kids put pressure on me oftentimes mm. like they're, uh, yeah. They say, Mom, you're going to be alone. And I'm like, so what? Like, yeah. I'm having such a great time. You're always going to have them. It's okay. Yeah. They're not going to be alone. They're like, well, we're worried. Like, what are you worried about? Like, I've had you guys since you were kids. And look, like, because they were little when I divorced their dad. But yeah. I'm like, I've always kind of been on my own. And they're like, well, when we move out, we just don't want you to be by yourself. And I'm like... You're like, I can't wait for that day. Yeah, I was like, I'm actually excited. So they moved she's out. Like, she's like, yeah. You know the funny part? But, she's like, see those streamers in that, that cabin you always wondered about? Those are for you when you leave. We're throwing a party. I think it's because, like, what you touched on, it's, it's society that thinks that we need a partner or that this is the way it's supposed to be. When, yes. When it doesn't, like if we do meet someone along the way, they should be complimenting, adding or bringing to what we've already created for ourselves. And I always talk about that because societal pressures are the reason that I got married Ugh. because uh, mm -hmm. and that and I go back to that every single time. And I talk about that. Like I tell people, I go, it's OK to be in your 30s without kids. Yeah. It's OK. Yes. It's completely fine. You're not like you're fine. Um, I got married at 29 because of this thought that I was telling myself growing up in Montana. By the time you're 29, everyone's married with at least two kids. Yeah. So I was already behind. In my mm. mind, I was telling myself I was behind. So I was like, okay, I found this guy. He's tall, dark, and handsome. And he's going to be a physical therapist. So he checks these boxes. And yeah, he's an asshole, but whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. I can deal with that. Yeah, okay. it'll be fine. Um, you know, we look good in a photo, right? Right. And so I, that's why I got married is because I was like, I have to get married before I'm 30. Because if I don't, like, I'll be washed up and I'm never going to find anybody. Right. I mean, so it's so, because society tells you, you need to be married, you know, 
by 25, kids by 30, you know, and then because by 35, you're all, it's all downhill for well, you. you know? And guess what? I was just about to say, you're, you're, just, and you're just entering your best years of your life. Yeah, right exactly. So. And that's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, like I, so I'm not doing what society tells me to do. Great. Like right. the best people don't follow the norm. Right, and we're so, talking about the greatest people yeah, don't follow. Yeah, right, right, yeah. exactly. But <laughs> we're I, not rule followers. Yes, we are not rule followers here. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's I totally like to hit on that. I think the societal pressures, and what when you're not following societal norms, I think that people get very uncomfortable with. Yes, it. Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's not what they see. I I like actually talking to those people a lot now yeah, because I, I like to see too. them I kind of squirm. So much from them. Yeah, you, they so squirm, much. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's the best watching them squirm. They're like, uh, uh, and you're like, what? And I do this and this, and and they're like, uh, and they're like, got problems. They go, but they can't ever say anything mm. because that's I just all they know. know. Why? Like, what is? Yeah. So, so I'm always asking like questions. So I'm and, gonna I'll break yeah. it down really easy, especially for women. Like there was something that I heard a long time ago where they said that women are from a very young age are groomed to be what you just said. You know, mm -hmm. looking for marriage, looking for Prince Charming, looking for this. It's all in mm -hmm. like shows, cartoons, whatever it is. It's like Disney. you know, it's right? Media. You play yeah. with dolls. What are you playing house? It's like you're like you. What do you do? You walk around with a little like a little towel, and you're like, oh, when I get married one day, and blah. So it's a fantasy already as it is. And it's already instilled in you at a very young age that we sometimes, I mean, it's, it's, it's not even social conditioning, social conditioning, but sometimes it's not even, um, uh, your parents or anyone like that doing it. It's just society, like your friends or, you know, your girlfriends, Hey, let's yeah. play. It's like a kid's playing doctor. Let's play doctor. You know, let's play cops and robbers. It's, it's just a part of your life. And yeah. I look at a lot of kids then sometimes I, even with my own kids, I, when they're younger, one of the funniest things I ever thought was when they, um, you know, when they, when you, we were younger and we say a certain line, like for instance, nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Yeah. I was like, a kid did. I went. Who who teaches you that? Like, where does that come from? Like, and a parent doesn't t say that to a kid. Right. It comes from somewhere. Is it? Does it come out of you specifically? I don't know. But I've always been very interested. Like, where does this nanny nanny boo boo shit come from? <laughs> I'm just being something as simple yeah. as that. Like, yeah. like that's something where that's conditioned. But I um and I look and go. Did your friend tell you that? Is that where it came from? Like, I want to know where this came from. And now it's a thing or a sing song. Like, you did this. It's like, is that just you doing that, or is it learned from an older sibling or or what? Well, I, I think it all goes back to the the parents. But so the parents don't look yes. at their kids and go, nanny, no, nanny, boo-boo. I, boo. I agree. Because they're allowing certain, like, like I'm, oh, I don't know if I want to say this, but it's so true. Um, once I couldn't afford, so when I got divorced, I couldn't afford the private school anymore. Okay. The private school was so good for my kids because I had so much control. The class size was small. I got to choose the parts of their education and that's what I paid so much money for. Got it. So the second that was taken away, I freaked the fuck out. I'm like, holy shit, my kids are going to be in public school. And even at a young age, I knew I was against the public school system because of my experiences in right. it and I just never bought into it. So what I did is I went back to college and I got my degree in education. So I'm like, fuck it. If I can't afford this, then I will be at every school that my child's at. Right. So I can figure out who the kids are that I don't want them hanging around and who are the teachers that I want teaching my kids. Yeah. So that's what I did. But it's the parents that are at the end of the day, they're responsible because they're the ones that sit their kids in front of these television shows. That's so true. this is the stuff mm -hmm. that's going through their heads. <clears throat> they're the ones that are in charge of who their kids surround themselves with, and that's who they're learning from, and that's who they're growing from. So it all goes back to yeah, the parents. Yeah, I guess that's that's true. That yeah. is true. Yep. I completely agree right. with that. Yeah. Doctor, do you concur? I concur okay. completely. Like, think about it. We send our kids to school for six, sometimes eight hours a day. 
So they have so much influence yeah. over our, our children and what they're learning. We have no idea. Most parents have no idea what kids are they're hanging around during the day. And you think that your kids are going to come home and tell you, but they're not. Right. And they don't. So the only way to really know is to be involved. And if I had to do it all over again, I would have freaking homeschooled. Uh, and and ah. it wasn't until like they were probably in junior high and high school until I was like, you know what? This is a joke and I'm not playing this anymore. You're not going. You're coming with me. So my kids started traveling with me. And that's when they learned. Yeah. I think it just opened their world up once worldly. they started traveling mm -hmm. overseas and seeing different cultures. And Still it just the best gives education. Yeah, yeah. a sense of like reality. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. So. But, yeah, no, I think that's completely true. I think parents have parents these days want to be friends and they don't want to be parents. Mm, right. Yeah. And so yes. like I have one of the best relationships with my parents still to this day. And so it's because they were parents, but they never put these pressures on us. But it's the society, like what you're talking about, that social conditioning, what I saw my friends doing, what I saw my friends wearing, what I, how I saw my friends acting. Because mm -hmm. like my parents, they've never once pressured me to have kids. They've never once pressured me to be married. They've never once pressured me to, you know, be anything that I'm not. And it's always been nothing but support. I mean, I remember when I was 22 and I moved down to Vegas. I actually did medical school in Vegas. And at UNLV? UNLV, I feel like I'm dating myself. UNLV didn't even have a medical school at that point. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was, it was Toro, so it was the DO school. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I went here. I remember moving down here at 22, terrified. I'd never been on the freeway. In Montana, when you get on the interstate, you go into a different city. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. I was like, I'm staying in the That's same funny. city. I was like, yeah. this is crazy. Um, but I remember my dad and my mom, they were like, you don't belong here. Like, Go see the world. Go challenge yourself. If you fall flat on your face, we will pick you up. Yeah. And that was the best support that I ever got. But they, it was always pushing me to be, to be better as who I was and not to ever be somebody else. But somewhere along the line, social conditioning comes in. Yes, it does. And you're spending more time in school and you're spending more time around, you know, these kids. And it just takes over. It's your peers yeah. Like, yeah. as well. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. So... Well, you have good parents, so I do. I yeah. do. They, yeah. they are great. Sounds parents. like you do have amazing parents. Yeah. I have to like plan their fiftieth next year, which I was like, dang it! <laughs> oh wow, that's a big one. <laughs> I know, I know. That is a good one. Yeah, no, sure. they were they're cool. They got married at like twenty and twenty one. So poor, couldn't had to build furniture. My dad worked in the San Francisco jails. My mom got her CPA at night, and they weren't gonna have kids. So they got married, and they were like, we're just gonna get married at twenty and not have kids. That's like our that's our they're jam. The exception to the rule, by the way. They that's are an exception to the rule. And then it's so mm -hmm. funny. My mom was probably like thirty four. They'd moved back to Montana. She got she was the first female partner in this national CPA firm. So my mom is this really badass woman that I got to be raised by, um, and my dad's this really badass guy that I got to be raised by. But. Um, they moved back, and the joke is, we're very sarcastic in my family, so the joke is, my dad's like, well, your mom told me what was involved in how to create a kid, and I agreed to it. And he goes, and here we are. <laughs> and fuck, here we are. That's and so, hilarious. But they, they had me when she was 36, and so, and I'm the first kid. That's and a great so age. And so it was like, mm -hmm. they were like, my mom was like, I want to be a partner. I want to have my shit together, but I also want to have, they were married 16 years wow. before they had any kids, so they just got to enjoy each other. And I look back at them now at their, you know, 69 and 70, and I'm like, you guys really did this right. Like you guys had it figured out. You guys were friends. You guys, you know, created this really cool world before you brought another life into it. And as a result, I grew up in a very stable, very normal, you know, maybe not normal actually, but a very stable, like mm -hmm. loving, comforting. We weren't super rich. We weren't super poor, but it was one of those things. I always had support. I always, they always created open means of communication. I mean, I was 12 years old and my dad would tell me about you know, drugs, like he would have open conversations with me about like things he saw in the jail and my mom would be like, oh my gosh, Jean, you can't do this to her, you know? 
and he would, and as a result, I never did anything. Right. Because I felt I already learned it all. Right. Yeah. I was like, oh, that doesn't sound fun. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> right. I, I don't right. really want to do that. And, you know, and then my mom was all with this, like, really amazing career woman. And so I had a role reversal growing up. My dad was Mr. Mom. So my dad flipped houses and had a much more open schedule. So he was the one picking us up from school, taking us to soccer and basketball. My mom had, had this, you know, badass CPA career. And so she was working a lot. And so I had this really interesting dynamic that was different so yeah no i like that yeah yeah that's see awesome. i feel the I, I love that i like when there's more of a dad role like that because that's, that's what i feel like i have sometimes with my mainly with my daughters even when i was married at the time um but i like i want to be involved as much as possible in my girl's life but also be involved in a way that i can share stories that are like are lessons but not like this is the way it is you know right. it's just lessons on you can choose what you want but here's 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 what happened to me, or da da da, and I always make a funny story with it to yeah. make them laugh and just be like, it's it's just take it lightly, you know, but be very just be aware. And it creates that open line of communication mm -hmm. so that like I can go to them for anything. Yeah. I mean, I had a one night stand once back mm -hmm. in medical school, and I remember the first person I called were my parents. Like that's so weird. <laughs> I was so uncomfortable with my dad. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, you guys yeah. will never guess what <laughs> <Yeah>. happened. <laughs> like, I love what? that. It's so cool. It is. It's yeah. so good, and I think it makes such strong women too. If you have a great relationship with your father, oh, I think it's yeah. it's. Yeah. Second to none. All right, I'm on the good path. Yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Pat you hear that, girls? No, well, don't hear that, girls, on this yet. You still got a little age to grow. So, all right, we're going to get into our question of the day. Um, if you have anything sure. else to say, or you good? Question yeah, of the day? I think we're good. All yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, well, here's the question today. You're going to have, you're first up on this one, okay? I mean, you're... I could definitely ask you a million questions. <laughs> we'll do that sure. over drinks, all of us. Yeah. All right, here we go. Hey, Dating Intel crew, been with you from day one, and the content just keeps getting better and better. So, here's one for you. 30-something guy likes older women to have sex with. I feel like it's more of a conquest versus me wanting intimacy. I always tell them that older women just turn me on, but I know that I don't want anything else out of it. Well, with that being said, recently I met this woman who is 10 years older than me and I think I've fallen for her. She has two kids, but I like her so much it doesn't matter. My question is, how do I follow through with this one and see where it goes without screwing things up? Oh, and it's only been about a month. Yikes, sign cloud nine. <laughs> it got real quiet real fast around here so why is he afraid he's gonna screw it up i uh, this me i this is i don't get that okay. i don't i don't understand that well, so apparently it's a confidence thing it is which yeah. is very why are we unattractive to women why are we always afraid we're gonna mess it up right why well, not just go in the bear like i'm amazing and i really like you and let's just do this yeah but maybe see so you guys are well i'm listening to maybe a little bit more <laughs> because i'm a guy i guess but he um he's just gone out with a bunch of older women doesn't want any intimacy he doesn't want he doesn't want any um any commitment yeah so maybe he's just afraid of that he's gonna if he starts liking her and gives his all he might run out on her by just some apparent unknown reason you know because he's all of a sudden he gets scared and he just disappears and now he's not only disappointed her, but maybe the two kids. There's a lot to this little thing there right is, now. There is. It um, sounds like there's a lot of like abandonment issues. And right. Why is he running? Mm. Why is he leaving these so are much? Cloud, he's on you cloud know? nine. I don't know. we got to ask these. I know. Clouds cloud are always nine. moving. So. Um, no, I think, um, I think anyone that's afraid that they're going to leave has been left before. I agree. Yeah. And and because you can't have that fear. If we all walk around thinking, what am I going to, what happens if I leave? What happens if you stay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know? I think. Um, that's a good one. I think that you need to look within and do a little more work on yourself before you can. Yeah, because you can't. I feel like maybe you're not ready. Okay. Like, but yeah. how does he manage that with his feelings if he's for the first time? It's just I would tell her. I mean, clearly. For, for the first time, he's admitting that he's fallen for someone. Yeah. So which just means that he's being that vulnerable. Open, that open line of communication, communication okay. yep. which, I mean, if he's communicating with us, 
Yeah. He needs to, yeah, he needs to, t- he needs to type that her, paragraph right? to her as right. a text. Yeah. No, um, I think that, I mean, you, yeah. Just okay. a conversation, a, a simple conversation, so much can come from it. Okay. Well, if you're open, if I think people are so afraid to be themselves that they're afraid someone's going to leave them if they're themselves. But this guy should just say, you know what? If she does, what a blessing because exactly. she's not for him. Exactly. No, that's true too. And that's yeah. the biggest thing is like, just say, hey, I've been this way in the past. You're making me feel this way. This is what I'm afraid of. And just put it out on the table. Right. And she's either going to say, okay, I'd like to explore this with and you. And then he'll or, at least yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because Ori's going to spend six months and have no idea. Okay. Well, you hear that, Cloud9? So you Cloud first, nine. You've, you've, done, you've done the first work. You've communicated to us. Now you need to communicate to her. So you've heard what the two ladies said here. Make sure you communicate with her. Just let her know how you're feeling. And you put yourself out there. It seems like you're already vulnerable as it is, right? So now you've gotten this far. Continue the path. Um, I don't know how long ago this was put out. I got this a week ago. So I'm hoping that you're still maybe with her. But just go for it, man. Just do your thing. Yeah, I always want to hear like the follow up from some of our guests. So if you guys are writing in questions, um, maybe send send back. Send the dick pic to Jamie and then send the response. (laughs) Is what she's saying. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, Jamie. (laughs) Yeah, I would like to hear follow up and some of our questions. Okay. All right, guys, you hear that? We're putting it out there. We need some. I'm going to put a little thing on social media about that follow up. Yeah. Yeah. So if we've read your question of the day. Like, let us know. Like, did you take our advice? Did you not take our advice? Like, what happened? And if you're coming after us, it's, it's more her than me. It was all her. Yeah, Actually, I'm the aggressive let's just, one. Let's just blame it on the guests. They, they start the fault. answer. Yeah, we'll blame it on the guests. They always answer first. Yeah, no, I think, I think that was a great answer. So, all right, well, that's it. Um, all right, Medina. Thank you guys you're, so okay, much. Okay, so yeah, anything to plug, please. Like, I know you got a oh. lot of stuff, branding and stuff. Please oh let us know God. what you're doing. I'm, you know what, I'm just doing me. Okay. At the end of the day, right. like, and I, yeah, no, I'm good. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm so good. Thank you oh, so much. You're Aww. welcome. Yeah. Jamie? Well, make sure you guys check out her social media. It's we put amazing. her handle up there. Yeah. My social media is Jamie underscore Villamore. And um, a big shout out to Alani New for always hooking us up with yes. our drinks. Hi, Alani New. All right, you can find <laughs> me at Fetch Sport or anything at Dating Intelligence. And once again, please, if we're going to do a follow up with some questions, Cloud9, good luck to you. And that is our show today. Dr. Medina Culver, thank you so much for our show. You were a bright, spot in our day. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Oh my gosh, this was so great. So So much fun. Yeah, Yeah, amazing. All right, guys, that's another episode, another day, and another show. See you soon. 